This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. You're listening to All the Books, a weekly show of recommendations and enthusiasm regarding the week's new book releases. This is episode 402, and today we are talking about books being released on February 21st, 2023, and more. I'm Liberty Hardy, here with Tears of Price, and we're coming to you from bookriot.com. Tears of hello! Hello, how are you today? I'm okay. You know, reading books, talking about books, gonna take a big nap after we record this. It's a pretty good day. Oh, that sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> so I've been talking about it for, I don't know, a while, but I always forget until we start recording. And this time I did not forget. So I took the episode number, which is episode 402 today, and I looked up what area code it would be. And I learned that area code 402 covers almost the entire eastern half of Nebraska. So hello to people in Nebraska today. This is your area code episode. Yeah. If you're in the eastern half. (laughs) (laughs) I'll wave to you because I'm not very far from the eastern half of Nebraska. Wow. Maybe an an hour away. That's fun. Yeah. I I go to the eastern half of Nebraska quite a bit, actually. Huh. Well, look at that. And you happen to be hosting this episode with me today. Perfect. It's serendipitous. Indeed. I think. It's just a really fun word to say. I'm just going to say it anyway. Serendipitous serendipitous is a fun word. You know what else is fun? So my brain refuses to cooperate lots of times because, you know, everything feels awful sometimes. And so I've been reading a lot of middle grade and YA graphic novels still. And I read like three or four a day, sometimes 10 or 12 a day. Uh, And I just had to mention, I couldn't even wait till like we were talking about what we were reading because I read a graphic novel and it's two follow-ups the other day. That was so fun. It's called Sparks with an exclamation point by Ian Boothby and Nina Matsumoto. And all I know is that my friend said to me, you need to read this. You'll love this. And I said, great. So what do I do? I buy all three because that's just how I am. I don't know anything about (laughs) it, but she's like, you should read Sparks. I was like, okay. So I got all three and it's about this dog named Sparks, who's like a superhero dog and rescues people from like train crashes and, you know, avalanches and all kinds of stuff, except Sparks is actually two cats in a dog suit. (laughs) <laughs> and their housemate is the talking robotic litter box who, like, oh narrates God. the story. And it's so ridiculous. And also there's some very sad moments because, they like, we find out, like, how they meet, which was at a lab, which is very sad. Um, and the villains are very villainous. But it's so silly. And there's a squirrel who's, like, super, like has so much energy all the time and just wants to eat things and run around and be ridiculous. And like, he gets a little flying suit and it's awesome. Just amazing. (laughs) That sounds delightful. Yeah. 
I finished them and I was like, I'm really sad that I can't go back and read them again without knowing what they're about because that was just so much fun. <laughs> so now I am sharing them all with you. Again, it's Sparks by Ian Boothby and Nina Matsumoto. And then there's uh, the second one is called like Double Dog Dare. And then Future Perfect is the third book. Aww. Yeah, it was a good time, you know, because, you know, I hate cats and dogs, but I suffered through it. Um, and, and, you know, put up with it, so. Just so you could tell us about it. Just so I could tell you about it, yeah. I took one for the team. You know, delightful, you know, kids cartoon. Ugh, I did it. <laughs> now on to something completely different. I want to remind you that we are currently hiring a full-stack web developer. Every time I say that, I realize, one, I don't know what a full-stack web developer does, and two, it sounds like pancakes, which makes me very hungry. <laughs> uh, but we are currently hiring a full-stack web developer. You have to get your resume in by February 28th. You still have time if you are interested in the position. You can check it out in the listings at riotnewmedia.com careers. So, there's that. Yay. I think we covered, we covered enough stuff that we can... Uh, Move on now to some books for today. Although before we do that, we are going to hear from our first sponsor. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX is The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, I feel like I've been talking about this first book forever. I think I read it in April of last year, so it's very possible that I have been. <laughs> it's so, so good. It's called I Have Some Questions for You by Rebecca Mackay. Um, Mackay is an incredible, incredible writer. I love her stuff, especially The Great Believers, which many of you are familiar with, was a huge deal when it came out. It came out a few years ago. This is a dark academia novel set at a New Hampshire boarding school. This is for adults. The main character is a 40-something-year-old woman named Bodie Kane. I think, she, like, I read this a year ago. I think she's in her early 40s, is what I'm remembering. Um, she went to uh, this school, as the Granby School, private school, when she was a teenager uh, in the 1990s. And while she was enrolled at the school, um, one of her classmates, uh, a young girl named Talia, was murdered. Bodhi and Talia had actually been roommates for a brief time. They were not close. Bodhi was not popular, you know, but, you know, still, it's horrifying. Uh, this this young woman was, was murdered. Uh, she was found in the school's pool. And the crime was quickly solved. It was determined that the killer was the one Black faculty member uh, who worked for the athletic staff uh, who, who, meant, who uh, happened to confess to the crime. And there was evidence to support the theory of his story. And so he was convicted and he is still in jail at this time in the present day when Bodhi is in her 40s. That was like 25 years ago. 
Uh, and now Bodhi is a successful film professor and podcaster. And she has been invited to teach a two-week class at Granby. And she's, she's like, pretty excited about this. You know, she she has her reservations because she didn't have the best time while she was there, but she thinks it's gonna it's gonna be a good time. She's also excited because um, she did have one very close friend when she was at Granby, and her friend is now the headmaster of the school. You know, and like I said, but she didn't have a good time. She was going through a lot in her life at that time. She she had untreated depression, body dysmorphia. She was suicidal. And she didn't feel like she fit in. And she's thinking that, you know, by going back to the school, um, she's looking forward to the work and working with kids. And maybe, like, it'll give her a chance to get her life sort of back on track because she feels like she's having a hard time again. And maybe she'll have some of the good times that she thinks she missed out on as a student. She's now divorced, but, like, she and her ex-husband are really good friends in a way that they're friends and, and people that talk to them are like, this is not normal. Like, people who are divorced should not be this close. But they are. She's having this very uneventful, complicated, long-distance relationship that barely she's barely hanging on to that. And so she goes to talk to the students about uh, making films and her work as a podcaster. And one of the students that she's working with, like, for her project, decides they're going to do a podcast because they had heard about the murder that took place while Bodhi was at the school. And when she decides this and starts discussing, you know, and asking questions, Bodhi realizes that she has all these memories about what happened that maybe don't fit in with what she was told happened and what everyone was told happened and, and, and what she remembers now as an adult. This is a very complex mystery due in part to Bodhi herself. Like I said, she realizes she might know more about the murder than she thought at that time. And she thinks now that she knows who the actual murderer is. And they're free. It's not It's not the man who has been jailed for all this time. Uh, and so the book is actually addressing that person who she thinks is the murderer. She has some, I have some questions for you. She is addressing them. You know, as an adult, she thinks that some of the things that she witnessed Natalia doing... You know, some of the people that she saw her with, she realizes that what she was witnessing, she didn't understand it for what it was at the time. It's, a, it's you know, it's a great look. I love books that look at, you know, how kids are so young and they see things that they don't understand and, and they are so young. But also how much of our lives is decided before we're out, even out of our teens. You know, they go back and forth. Adults go back and forth between saying like, Oh, it's, you know, you have plenty of time to make up your mind about all this stuff. But the things that happen to you as children and as, as teenagers affect the decisions that you make, affect the way that you feel, you know, as an adult. And you understand things differently as an adult. Um, and she gets really wrapped up in her student's project because she's now determined to unmask who she feels is Talia's real killer. I really enjoy, I mean, she's just an excellent writer, Rebecca Mackay. But I also enjoyed it because... Bodhi is not perfect. Like, sometimes I felt that she was being, you know, conceited or silly or unreasonable um, and sometimes just wrong. And that made her feel like a real person. There is something that happens in the book that I felt was a very realistic look at how, you know, we have our beliefs and our convictions. We think, like, we know, like, this is how we feel about this and, you know, all these things. But then it ha until it happens to us. 
Like, like, how would you behave? Would you still say, yep, this is what, this is what should happen. This is what I'm going to do. You know, if the tables were turned, there's a really good example of that. And, and it's a really excellent representation of high school in the 1990s, <laughs> which I was in. You know, it's all about like being an outcast and, you know, like all the, the, the talk about pop culture and like, you know, not fitting in and all this stuff. Like to paraphrase like Black Books, the excellent television show, you know, I always feel like, you know, I don't need to tell people that I hate high school. They just have to look at me now and, you know, work backwards. Uh, you know, I, I did not enjoy high school and you couldn't pay me enough to go back to it. And I thought she did a really great job of exploring this character who did not enjoy high school and it certainly struck some nerves with me which i i enjoyed because i didn't have to actually go back and it's also you know i realized like she's exploring this time when i went to school and a lot of the things that happened in this book are things that happened at my school things that now would raise red flags and are considered unacceptable you know like were just looked right past when i was a kid you know i think it's really refreshing to have a character where we as a reader think they're wrong, you know, and we kind of sit, like, watch them sit there in their wrongness and flail about, you know, I, I thought that was great. Um, and also, Makai lives on the campus. She attended a private school, and she now lives on the campus of that school that she attended. Her husband teaches there. Um, so she has, like, unique access to this setting, you know, for, for many, many years as a, as a student and now as an adult. So that's how the book also works. And so I thought that was, that was really cool. It is a tremendous addition to the Dark Academia canon. I'm just going to keep sitting here and flailing about it in my love for it, so I'm going to stop now. But there are so many content warnings, including sexual assault, child sexual assault, sexual harassment, chemical use and abuse, racism, police violence, physical abuse, stalking, gaslighting, doxing, body shaming, disordered eating, fat phobia, suicidal ideation, and suicide. So please be careful going into it. It is I Have Some Questions for You by Rebecca Mackay. Amazing. I keep seeing that book around, but I did not realize that it was a dark academia book. And now I kind of want to go get it. Yeah, it's one of the few books that I would say is up there with like the secret history. Like obviously it's different than the secret history, but it's another excellent dark academia book for adults, you know, set out of school. So. Awesome. Okay, so my next pick is A Slight uh, Swerve from Dark Academia. It is a lighthearted romance. It is Last Chance Dance by Lakita Wilson. And I think that this one would be really appealing to fans of Jenny Hans to all the boys I've loved. It is about Layla, who has been dating Dev like all four years of high school. They got together right before she started her freshman year. And she is shocked and bewildered when Dev breaks up with her right before graduation and she's pretty upset too because she's like wow I've you know basically wasted all four years of my high school career with you if you're just gonna break up with me because you want to be you know single in college um so she's she's pretty hurt but her best friend was like hey Remember, there's the last chance dance. Now, what is the last chance dance, you might ask? Um, it is one last chance for high school seniors to potentially be matched with their crushes. And I just want to say, I don't know if this is like a legit thing that 
actual schools do or if this was made up for this book. Um, I love it for for romance novels. I'm not sure I could get behind it in real life because it sounds like a um, recipe for disaster and drama. But basically what happens is it's completely voluntary, but students can put their like top three crushes down and they submit it anonymously or not anonymously, but they submit it like privately to the dance committee. And then the dance committee reads everybody's crushes. And if basically, if you both submit each other, then they match you. And um, they also give you a wild card match as well. So then you have like a month to basically go on dates with your matches and see if you're compatible before the last chance dance. Um, so Layla decides that she's going to submit her three crushes and she gets some really good ones. She's matched with um, two guys and a girl. And then she gets her wild card match, which she does not really like because it is her chemistry partner, Trey, who's kind of um, like low-key sort of annoying to her. So she embarks on this journey of dating all these people and seeing who might be the best fit for her. Meanwhile, her wild card uh, match that she's determined not to go on a date with keeps trying to convince her um, of all the reasons why they'd be perfect for each other. And also, during this entire time, she's still dealing with, like, the heartbreak of this breakup and the impending change of going off to college and her diver- divorced mom starting to date again. Um, so it's a lot. There's a lot of drama, but it's really funny. And the dialogue is, um, I thought it, it feels really realistic to, like, how teens actually talk. And it's, you know, fun, bantery, snappy, witty dialogue. Um, overall, it was just really kind of fun book. Somebody on the internet I saw described it as like if you like reality dating shows like The Bachelorette but without all the drama this book is perfect and I don't really watch reality dating shows but I do feel like that is an apt description for this book so that is Last Chance Dance by Lakita Wilson okay and now I'm going to switch to something completely different I was not aware that I went on for a really long time about the Rebecca <laughs> Mackay book. I just really like it so much. So I'm going to try and talk a little bit shorter. I don't, I've lost all my words, probably because I just closed my notes when I actually meant to uh, read them. So let's see if we can find them. Here they are! <laughs> anyway, my next pick for today is Loteria by Cynthia Paleo and... It's a collection of scary short stories. Lots of them. Putting the lot in lots. In Lotteria? I don't know. I don't know what I meant to say there. Anyway, so (laughs) I had no idea what Lotteria was except an Alice Donut song from when I was in high school. It's all about when I was in high school today. But Lotteria is a Mexican board game where you have to match images to one another. Um, That's what the description says in the the beginning of, of this blurb for this book. Um, And so that makes sense. And so each story has an image of one of the cards from Lotteria. Um, This collection was actually uh, published by a small press in 2012. And since then, Paleo has won or been nominated for many awards. She's published a great paranormal mystery called The Children of Chicago, which I know many of you have read. And the sequel to that, The Shoemaker's Magician, is coming out 
in a month exactly. It's coming out March 21st. And so this is a re-release of that collection, uh, which the publisher says has added illustrations and new bonus stories. And so the stories, the one that I read has 54 stories because I read an older version of it because I happen to have it. Uh, And there are 54 cards in Lotteria and there's a corresponding story for each card. And like you see on the cards, there's like a tree, a mermaid, death, a bottle, a barrel, a moon, a frog, a deer. And then each of the stories sort of or very specifically ties in with that card. They're, they're not very long, these stories. I think the book is like 300-something pages long, and there's 54 short stories. But they are steeped in Latin American folklore. There are ghosts and goblins and chupacabras and all kinds of other supernatural creatures. There's murders and matricide and madness. Not every story is supernatural. Some just have to draw on the horrors of the real world, like one about a young girl whose father can't afford a dress for her quinceanera, and is trying to find a way to make money. There's lots of these are about people who refuse to believe the things that they see or talk about the things that they see or talk to the things that they see. And they have people seeing and hearing things that other people can't. It reminded me a lot of like Tales from the Crypt stories. Many of these are Twilight Zone episodes, which is delicious um, because a lot of these are like someone's greed or hubris leads them to make terrible decisions and things are going to go horribly wrong for them. You know, there is a man who wants to be an amazing painter and he's having this conversation with his wife who's lying on the bed while he's trying to paint her portrait and it's not going to end well. They're, like I said, they're bite-sized stories. You could read one every week you know, for a year and still have two left over, um, or, you know, one each day for 54 days, or just read them all at once like I did, which was also fun. They are horror stories, you know, supernatural or not. They have a content warning for just about everything, including child harm, uh, child sexual assault and murder, uh, murder and sexual assault of adults, gore and loss of a loved one. Um, but I thought they were really fun. And I would love another 54. So if you want to treat yourself to some spine tinglers before you go to sleep, check out Lotteria by Cynthia Paleo. You always sell me in short story collections every time we do an episode <laughs> together. I'm adding that to my list as well. Ah, uh, all right. All right. So my next pick is The Writing Retreat by Julia Bartz. And it is a psychological thriller slash suspense book about an aspiring um, author named Alex who goes on a writing retreat and does more than just write. (laughs) Um, So it... It was fun to read about an author in these sort of spectacular setting of like going off to a writing retreat and then finding yourself in a scary mystery um, with like a mysterious disappearance and all sorts of high stakes. Uh, Because my experience going to writing retreats is like mostly just like eating lots of food and snacks and writing lots and talking with other people um, if you go with other people. So Alex has lived in New York City for a while. She is 30 and she has dreamed of becoming a published author for basically almost as long as she could write. 
And when she first got to New York City, she met um, a friend named Ren, who became a really close friend of hers through her job. Um, but at the start of the book, all you know is that Alex and Ren are no longer friends. And there was some sort of serious um, falling out between them. Um, so... Alex um, is really dreading seeing Ren again, and there's no love lost between them at this point. Now, when at the start of the book, too, um, she also gets this invitation from one of her favorite authors um, who writes like feminist horror. And this author invites her to this exclusive dream of a writing retreat. And so she goes and even the fact that like Ren is also invited to this retreat does not deter her because she knows this is a once in a lifetime experience. Um, once she gets there, the stakes rise even further because then this author reveals that during this month long retreat, she expects all of the participants to write a novel, which um, is not impossible. But if somebody told me I had to write a novel in a month, I would have been like, um, okay, but you better be feeding me lots of snacks and giving me zero distractions because that's a lot of work. And so she, they say, you, you do this whole novel and then from the participants, the best novel will get a seven figure publishing deal, which, you know, considering how tough it is to get published these days, I like those odds. I like the seven figure deal. So I would definitely be like, okay, I'm going to do it. Um, so Alex is determined to just like work hard, write her book, finally take the space and the time to get in it, to it. Um, and she's not going to let Ren or um, Ren's weirdness or meanness deter her. But then when another writer goes missing and weird stuff starts happening, Alex begins to realize that like something much more sinister is happening and has to figure it out. Otherwise, you know, she won't just lose out on a publishing deal. She could maybe lose out on her life. So um, very very interesting premise. Um, and, and like I said, I liked reading from the writer's perspective because I swear to you, this writing retreat is way more um, dramatic than any writing retreat I've ever been on. But it was fun. So especially if you like the sort of, you know, oh, no, I'm stuck in a remote mansion and I can't get out type of mysteries. This one was great. So that is The Writing Retreat by Julia Bartz. Okay. So those are books that we have read, and now we are going to talk about a few books that we haven't necessarily read but are excited to read. Um, I picked this one because I just keep seeing it everywhere. It's getting amazing reviews. It's called Wolfish. Wolf, Self, and the Stories We Tell About Fear by Erica Berry. Uh, this book looks at wolves in history, wolves in myth, the symbolism of wolves, and apparently uh, real wolves, like some famous wolf named OR-7, which sounds like a robot wolf, but go with it, who lives in Oregon and apparently travels like a long distance. Um, and Barry decides to investigate that wolf. I couldn't tell from the description if she actually went looking for it or just like learned all about this wolf. But Barry also blends her research on wolves, both real and fabled, with her own life. And it's also an exploration of fear and predators and prey. And she ties it in with her coming of age and leaving home and like fear in the world and wolves and, you know, the wolf at the door. It's being compared to Helen McDonald's H is for Hawk, which is promising. 
I am looking forward to reading it. I do get a little... I have reservations when they involve, like, real animals. I'm very sensitive to, you know, animal... Bad things happening to animals in books. So um, if somebody wants to read it and then let me know, like, what I'm in for, like, I... I would appreciate that, um, but I definitely want to read it at some point. It is Wolfish, Wolf, Self, and the Stories We Tell About Fear by Erica Berry. And now we are going to hear from another sponsor. Okay, Tirza, what do you have for us? My next pick is a book called uh, Scorched Grace by Margot Duahi. And I found out about this book in December and I was immediately like, tell me more. Um, it is the, just the, the tagline is Sister Holiday, a chain smoking, heavily tattooed queer nun puts her amateur sleuthing skills to the test in this unique and confident debut crime novel, according to Jillian Flynn. Um, so you had me at chain smoking, heavily tattooed queer nun. I'm all aboard. This looks like a really great mystery book. I actually have a friend who is a former nun and I was like, I'm going to get this for her for Christmas. Um, but sadly, it was not out in December. So it is out now today. And it is about Sister Holiday. And she is working um, in a parish um, near New Orleans when a school becomes the target of an arson spree. And she is not happy with the way officials are investigating the case. So she decides to investigate um, herself. But that puts her in danger and it puts her fellow sisters in danger. And it also means that she has to face her own dark past. So I am so excited to pick up this book. I've already pre-ordered it. It's out today. So hopefully I get my copy very, very soon. But yeah, Scorched Grace by Margot Dewey. Um, it looks amazing. So I have read it. Okay. But you had picked it, so I was like, okay, she's going to talk about it. Um, it's great <laughs> fun. It's actually, it's the first book in uh, Jillian Flynn's own imprint. Oh. This is the first book that she chose. I got to meet the author at Neba last year. Excuse my French. She is badass. I was like, yes. I want to be your best friend. Um, and, and the book is is great. You know, it's... It's really fun because, you know, she's a nun and she does all these things that, you know, nuns aren't supposed to do. Um, it's also super heavy in places. Like, there is a reason that she decided to become a nun because she had some horrible tragedy in her past, um, which I was like, oh, that was that was tough. But, yeah, great fun. And also the cover, oh, my goodness, might, so be, my, might be my favorite cover of the year. Like, it's yeah. just a stained glass image of the sister smoking. Uh, and it's, it's so good. So yes. I second that recommendation. Yay. My other pick for today is Sister Maiden Monster by Lucy A. Snyder. Haha, <laughs> another sister book, but not quite like that. And I also love this cover, which is a little different. It has like this many tentacled monster thing with lots of suckers waving a giant bloody machete. <laughs> and I was like, yes, please. I would like to read this. Uh, I haven't read it yet, but it's another uh, exciting sci-fi horror novel from Tor Nightfire. Um, this book is told by three different narrators, women who have sort of survived some kind of horrifying virus that transformed the earth. I don't know if it transforms them into the machete-wielding thing on the cover, or if that's just a bonus. But now they apparently all have horrifying appetites and habits uh, that they didn't have before. The description of this book is very sparse, and perhaps 
that's for a reason. Perhaps it's for the best. But it just sounds like a deliciously gruesome and apocalypse novel, and I am here for it. I've never read Snyder before, but it says here that she is a five-time Bram Stoker award-winning and Shirley Jackson award-nominated author of 15 books and over 100 published short stories. So you know what that means. Hello, Backlist, which is very exciting if this book turns out to be something that I love or you love. It is Sister Maiden Monster by Lucy A. Snyder. Awesome. All right. My last book of today is Artfully Yours by Joanna Lowell. And it is a Victorian historical romance. And I love the setup. So it is about Nina, who was raised by her brother, who's an art forger. He trained her in the art of art forging. And she can paint really, really well, but she does not love it. It is not her passion. Instead, she'd rather be a baker. But she, you know, needs money in order to do that. And so she's raising money and saving it away so she can open up her own bakery. But when her brother's actions get the attention of London's um, most famous art critic, a man named Alan, she finds herself in hot water because he knows that these paintings are fake, but he just needs to prove it somehow. And so somehow they end up with Nina being hired to work in Alan's household. And um, he's trying to investigate her. She's trying to stay one step ahead of him. Obviously, there's romance. So that sounds delicious and exciting. Yeah, I I really like this premise. And I also like um, mystery, not mysteries, but I like romances, mysteries too, but romances, especially where you have two characters that are kind of set up as like, wanting opposite things or on opposite sides of something, not necessarily enemies, but sort of enemies. Um, They seem, yeah, and, and then they just fall in love. So it seems really fun. I'm excited to read this one. It's called Artfully Yours by Joanna Lowell. Okay, so those are books that we have read, not read, we're excited about. Yay, books. I'm going to tell you about just a few paperback releases today because, wow, did I talk for a long time about the Rebecca Mackay book. <laughs> Out in paperback this week is Black Cloud Rising by David Wright Fallad. It's a fictional account of the African Brigade in the Civil War, a unit of former enslaved men led by General Edward Augustus Wilde. What My Bones Know, a memoir of healing from complex trauma by Stephanie Fu. This is Fu's memoir about being diagnosed and treated for PTSD. Uh, she was having what she thought was a successful, perfect life, and all of a sudden had all these symptoms that she didn't understand. And it, uh, she talks about how they explored the trauma of her past and what PTSD and how it develops and, and how, you, how you deal with it. A Touch of Jen by Beth Morgan. I didn't, I don't remember if I read this book in time for the show when it came out in hardcover, but I did read it there around that time. This is a disturbing <laughs> banana pants novel. I loved reading it because in the middle of it, something happened and I was like, was not expecting that. Um, and it's just really weird. It's about a couple who are obsessed with an Instagram influencer one of them used to work with her, and now they're trying to get close to her and get invited to go on uh, a summer a summer trip with with the Instagram influencer. And things are it sounds not that weird, but I promise you, it's very weird and and distressing. Um, I loved it. 
Under Lock and Skeleton Key, A Secret Staircase Mystery by Gigi Pandian. I also read this one. It's really fun. It's a cozy mystery. Uh, it's about a magician named Tempest Raj. Uh, she has like basically a disaster while working one day and, and leaves uh, the magic world in disgrace and goes to work for her dad's construction company, which is like cool construction. They make like secret doors and hidden staircases and all the stuff. And while they are working, they find a body in a wall that could not possibly be there because the wall has been closed for like a hundred years or something. So like, how did this happen? It's a magical mystery and she's going to try and solve it. There's a second one coming out very soon. I can't remember if it's out yet or not, but if you enjoyed this one, it'll be out soon-ish is out. Uh, and also... Out in paperback, a paperback original today, is Scurry by Max Smith. This is a paperback original. It's a middle grade, although I thought it was really scary, graphic novel that reminded me so much of Mrs. Frisbee and the Rats of Nim, which I'm still traumatized from watching that as a child. But the it's a story of these animals. There are a group of mice who are living in this enclosure and something horrible has happened out in the human world, some kind of disaster and the humans are gone and now food is scarce and the mice are deciding whether or not they want to stay and try to keep foraging for food or if they want to go out into the world and find where there might be food because there there's no food left. And there are like factions within the mice group, like the leader is very old and sick and there are some younger mice trying to undermine him and his daughter is very brave and she's going to go out and like find the answers and it's really good. But the thing that makes this book is the artwork. It is gorgeous. I mean, I cannot wait to get a physical copy of this. I'm so glad that they decided to go with like full color galleys um, of PDFs because I, I was just stunned by it. Um, some of it is so realistic, like the the paintings of their fur, you know, like they're going to encounter all kinds of other animals like cats and squirrels and, and beavers and like their, their fur in these illustrations. It, it looks real. It's amazing. I just, I loved it so much. So that one is Scurry by Max Smith. And as you could tell, I'm very excited about that one too. So that is a whole lot of excitement. Tirza, what are you going to read next? So I just started the next Finley Donovan book by El Casimano. Finley Donovan jumps the gun. And this is, if you're not familiar with the series, you have to read them in order. And it starts um, with Finley Donovan is killing it. It's about a writer who, after talking with her agent one day in a Panera, is overheard by a woman. And this woman thinks rather than like, oh, this woman's writing a mystery novel. She's like, oh, this woman is a hit woman. And so that sort of sets off the string of events where Finley Donovan is... Um, entangled in the criminal world and she's trying to stay one step ahead of everything while also not like you know doing anything bad or super illegal it's kind of zany kind of madcap um it's really funny so i'm really enjoying the series and i just started the third book so i'm excited to finish that awesome i just got my hands on when the game was war the nba's greatest season by rich cohen which comes out in september you know how i love a basketball book plus it has my Larry Bird on the cover, which is very exciting. And the title is also a play on the Larry Bird Magic Johnson memoir called When the Game Was Ours. Um, so it's about 1987 in, in the year of basketball, which I'm looking forward to. And I just got Weft, W-E-F-T, by Kevin Allardis, 
which comes out uh, later this year from a small publisher. I read the description of this in the the publisher's lunch deals, and I, I wrote to the publisher and was like, "Please, can I have this as soon as as soon as it's available?" It is, as far as I can tell from reading the description, about a mother and son who visit malls in 1987, or excuse me, 1997, pretending that they are casting for the Star Wars prequels. Like, remember those? They're coming up, and so they're scamming people somehow by pretending, but then the son follows a mark home and becomes trapped inside a gated community, and the mother is trying to get him out. Ooh. And I, I don't I don't know if it's like a horror book or a sci-fi novel or a mystery or what, but I was like, that sounds like my flavor of wacky. So <laughs> I can't wait to read that one as well. So yeah. And that is it for today. Thank you to our sponsors. Thank you to our awesome audio editor, Jen Zink. If you would like to come join the Book Riot team as a full-stack web developer, you can check out the listing at riotnewmedia.com careers. You have to have your resume in by February 28th. If you want to talk to us about how The Secret of Nim also scarred you irreparably, you can drop us a line at all the books at bookriot.com. You can find us online. We hang out on Instagram I am Franzen Comes Alive. Tirza is Tirza Price. Uh, are you are you doing Twitter at all? Are you still doing Twitter? I keep having to ask now because it's so hard <laughs> to tell. Every time you think it's going to be okay, then something else horrible happens. And it's like, maybe I really need to leave. So technically my Twitter account still exists, but I'm on there very rarely these days. <laughs> okay. Uh, and if you want to give us a treat, you can go to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever it is that you get your podcasts and leave a rating or review. It helps other book lovers to find us, and we appreciate it so, so much. And as much as we would love to tell you about more books today, we just don't have the time, but you can read about more titles out now in the show notes at bookriot.com slash all the books, as well as find a link to our weekly new books newsletter. And for more recs or general bookishness, check out bookriot.com. And don't forget to check out our full stable of podcasts at bookriot.com slash listen, or just search Book Riot on your podcast player of choice. And in the meantime... Happy reading. reading.